This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We are learning Parashat Bo. Welcome to Avenue S, the corner of East Ninth, Hala Lebanon. Welcome to our Anytime viewers and listeners and Jayroot viewers and listeners. We are learning Parashat Bo, Le'alun Ishmat, David ben Sabah, Latife bat Esther, Shemuel ben Sarah, and Le'abdil, for the honor of the Bar Mitzvah of Uriel ben Sharon and Nisim Asis. We should always hear good news. In 1969, on the Apollo 11, Edwin U- Eugene Aldrin Jr., better known as Buzz Aldrin, was the first, uh, he was on the first space flight that landed on the moon. A big ruckus happened in the world. They couldn't believe it. We finally landed on the moon. It also made a lot of noise in the Jewish community. There was a rabbi that gathered all his Talmudim in the classroom, and he said, look at this amazing miracle. Baruch Hashem, we landed on the moon. This is a great accomplishment for America. And they actually heard Buzz Aldrin say the Perek, the Psalm, chapter 8, that says, God, I see the handiwork, your fingers, God, the wonders that you do in the world. And, you know, all the students are there listening. All of a sudden, one six-year-old kid stands up and he says, Meshuggah! means, what a crazy person. So the teacher said, so the rabbi says, excuse me, who, who are you calling Meshuggah? She says, I'm calling this man that we heard on the radio, Meshuggah. She said, can you explain to me why? So he says, because you don't need to go to the moon to see the wonders of God. You see the wonders of God here. This guy had to go all the way to the moon to, see, to say the chapter of Tehillim, chapter 8, that's how we got his emunah. We have our emunah without going to the moon. Look at the emunah of young children, which really we have to work on ourselves. You know, the rabbi was so amazed at the simple emunah. It's called emunah peshuta of a six-year-old six boy. We have to have that same emunah. Why do I mention this to you? Because this week I received a phone call from a lady that she told me that her six-year-old daughter listens to our class. And she listens to our classes so much that she memorizes them. Six years old. So first of all, I want to thank this girl and give her a humble beracha that she should grow in Torah, to have nachat ruach to Hashem first and foremost and to her parents. And that we should learn, number two, we should learn from her. Listen, she's just six years old. I mean, she has other things she could do with her time especially with the technology added today, but she, she chooses to listen to class, to learn Torah, six years old, and she memorizes the class. I mean, that's a great accomplishment. I don't even memorize the class. You know, ask me after the class, I definitely forget it. But uh, it's, a, it's a great accomplishment for her, and I want to thank her, and we should all learn from her to have emunah peshuta and to love Hashem so much, and that's what, God willing, we're going to talk about tonight. We could learn so much from young children. We're so geared on focusing on classes for the adults, for men, for ladies, for teenagers. Sometimes we forget. I'm not saying we should have classes for, for young children. You know, there are melamedetin nokot. But I'm saying we should learn from the young children. We should learn from them the emunah peshuta. You know, sometimes children, they say barachot by themselves. Without anybody telling them. And he asked them, why are you making barakot? They said, because if I don't, Hashem will be upset at me. 
Call it that they're worshiping Hashem, serving Hashem from mir'af, from fear, fine quote, whatever you want. But halevai, we should only have their love of Hashem. They love Hashem so much, they make berachot, they say kiri'at shema alimita. I see sometimes my daughter, she says kiri'at shema alimita. She says, please, sing with me ha'malach ha'go'eloti. I mean, you know, it's, it's just so, it's so pure, that's what it is. It's pure, it's simple, it's innocent. That's what we have to learn from young children. And in truth, we see it from this week's parasha when Moshe Rabbeinu warns Paro on the makat arbe, on the locust makat. And then the servants of Paro, the abadim of Paro, tell him, you know, Paro, look what's happening to Egypt. Look what's happening to Egypt. It's crumbling, it's falling down. The great empire, just let the people go. Just send the people. So now Paro calls back Moshe and Aharon. He tells them, Go serve your God. Tell me exactly who's going. I want to know exactly who's going. Is it a wholesale exit? Or is it some guys going? So Moshe Rabbeinu tells him, We will go with our elders, with our youngsters, with our sons, with our daughters. Why? Because we're all going out to celebrate this great holiday of God. I saw Rabbi Shalomo Zaid brings down that this really, this mahlukit, if you want to call it, this going back and forth with Paro and Moshe, asking him who's going and uh, Moshe says, we're all going. And then Paro says, no, 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 no. just take, take the gebarim. Only take the men. Why are you taking the ladies? And why are you taking the children? What is this mahlukit really about? It's a mahlukit in theory. So now Moshe is trying to teach Paro a lesson that in Judaism, everybody worships God. In Judaism, everybody has their portion and everybody has their part in worshiping God the way that they worship God. In Paro's views, and this is the views of the Goyim, there's no place for ladies and children in worshiping God. It's only the men. It's only the adult men. That's who we need to worship God. Ladies, we don't really need them. Children, we don't need them. In fact, not only do we not need them, they're a burden sometimes. They ask too many questions. Children make too much noise. We'll get to it about bringing children to shul, whether it's, it's the right thing to do or not. So it was a mahlukit in theory. It was a, it was a quarrel, it was a debate in theory. Paro, is, it, he, he, it's reminiscent of what it says in the Haggadah of Pesach. What does the Haggadah of Pesach say? The Ben Rasha, the wicked son says, Maha hazot lachim. You know, worshiping God is too much. It's a burden on you. Why is it a burden on you? You know, do whatever you want during the week. Why do you have to have one day of rest? Why do you have this one day of rest, Shabbat? And you have so many rules and regulations and you can't do this and you can't separate the cucumbers from the tomatoes and you can't make certain juices and you can't... Just do whatever you want. It's too much. It's abodah. The Ben Rashah calls it abodah, which means it's a burden on you. It's too much. Not only that, and he says, do you ever see the Jewish holidays? Did you ever see the ladies by the Jewish holidays? Especially when it comes to the holiday of Pesach. Now the men, we have it easy by the holiday of Pesach. All we have to do is go to Moishis, or wherever it is, you buy the Shemurah Matzah, 
and that's it. But the ladies already from two months, right after, actually right after Purim, they take all the Purim junk and candy, they throw it out first of all, and they start cleaning. And, they, and it looks to us like it's too much on them. It looks to us like they're dreading it. In fact, if you ask a lady, you know, you're doing too much for Pesach. She tells you, I'm not doing enough. She says, this, this is called cleaning for Pesach? Let me show you how we used to clean in the old country. Today, cleaning is nothing. What, you tell me there's self-cleaning ovens today? We didn't have self-cleaning ovens. We had to go down on our knees, on our legs, mop the floor, scrub the floor, clean every nook and cranny. This is called cleaning for Pesach. We're not doing enough. So when the, when the men see it, they're saying, Why are you doing so much? This is Paro thinking. Paro's thinking the Jewish people have it so hard. The Goyim don't have, a month of, uh, uh, they don't have the holiday of Pesach. They could eat bread the whole year round. They do spring cleaning, but they don't do spring cleaning like we do Pesach cleaning. Not at all. They vacuum a little bit. They change the light bulbs. They dust, and that's all it is. They like savings time. That's all it is. But by Paro, he says, you Jews, you have it so much. You have it, you have it so hard. It's such a burden on you. So that's why Paro says, you know what? If you really want to worship God, just take the men. Haram to take the ladies and the children. It's too much on them. You're making the ladies cook and clean and scrub and mop. It's too much on them. You're taking the children to shoe. It's too much. In fact, don't take the children to shoe. The, the men won't be able to pray. The men won't be able to learn from the noise of the young children. So this is Paro speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu tells him, no. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Paro, you're missing one point, Paro. Judaism is one big holiday. What does that mean, Judaism is one big holiday for us? It depends on how you train young children in their view of Judaism. You know, there was a big, I don't want to call it a gezera or a decree, but when the, when the Jewish people came from Europe back in the early 1900s, it was mandatory for them to work on Shabbat. If you don't work on Shabbat, don't come Sunday, don't come Monday. It's over for you. Now, some people were moser nefesh. Some people sacrificed, and they didn't work on Shabbat. Some people did work on Shabbat. But here's what happened. The people that didn't work on Shabbat, they used to sit by the Shabbat table, some of them, and say to their children, oh, I can't believe because I'm not working on Shabbat, I don't have a job for Monday. Oh, it's so hard, but we have to do it. And there's other people that sat down by the Shabbat table and said, oh, we're so lucky. We're so fortunate. We keep Shabbat. It's such a gift for us. Such a present. Oh, I love Shabbat so much. Now let's forward and see what happened to their children. The children from family A, from the first family that heard their father always complain about Shabbat. And because I can't work on Shabbat, I can't go back to, to work on Sunday and Monday or I don't have a job for Sunday and Monday, they grew up dreading Shabbat, remembering that all they heard on Shabbat by the dinner table, by the lunch table was, ah, Shabbat, thank you so much. Shabbat is so hard for us. Why do we have something called Shabbat? Family number two, family B, 
They grew up her, listening to their father say, we're so lucky to have Shabbat. We do what Hashem wants. So again, when Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ki hag Hashem lanu, it all depends on how you view Judaism. You, do you view Judaism as all kabed, abodazot lachem, or do you view it as ki hag Hashem lanu? Let's take it nowadays. When you go to class and you struggle to look for parking, are you thinking, oh, it's such a pain to go to this class. Every single time there's no parking. Why am I even bothering going to class? Is it abodah for you? Or do you say to yourself, oh, I'm so lucky. You know what? There's no parking. So fine. Judaism and worshiping, serving God is one big holiday. It's so beautiful. In fact, by the way, you know, in England, you know what a holiday is? It's a vacation. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, in Europe, he's alluding to the fact, he's telling him, Judaism is one big vacation. You think the more mitzvot Hashem gives us, that means more servitude to Him? No, no, no. Who's really the free person? The one that clings to the Torah, that learns the Torah. Because if you think about it, God took us from one servitude to another servitude. Now we don't serve Paro anymore, we serve him. So what's the point? Hashem says, but when you serve me and you learn Torah and you keep my commandments, it's not a all, it's not a, it's not a abodah, it's not a servitude, it's a be- big beautiful vacation. It just all depends basically on how you view Judaism. So Paro's viewing is, viewing Judaism as abodah zot lachem, it's too much for you. And therefore because it's too much for you, don't take the ladies, don't take the children, it's too much for them. Moshe Rabbeinu says, well, we're going to take the ladies, the men, even if the men, the children, you know what, they're even taking the sheep and the goats and the cattle and the cows, and even if the children want to make noise and shoo, it's fine. You hear this? Even if the children want to make noise and shoo, it's fine, we'll open a kids program for them. But what, what's the alternative? Don't take kids to shul. So what, they could grow up to understand what shul is, not even know what a beracha is, until he's six years old, he finally takes him to shul. Six years old, you're taking a child to shul. So you don't want him to make noise of these children programs. That's why there's something called a children's program. You have a rabbi, he sits in the children's program, and he teaches the children to love Hashem at a young age. It all depends. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu said, Ki hag Hashem lanu. It all depends on how do you view Judaism. Do you view it as one big holiday, one big vacation, meaning not vacation in the aspect God... Don't understand me wrong. I'm not saying it's one big vacation as do whatever you want on vacation. No. It's one big vacation knowing that I could do whatever I want in the, in, the, in the realm of the Torah, obviously. When it comes to following the Torah, then I'm a free person. You know, what does it say in, in Birka Abot? Which means when you cling to Hashem, when you have Hashem's yoke on top of you, when you fear Hashem, then God takes away all the problems that you have. So you're really a free man. There's two ways of really serving Hashem. The Pasuk says in Az Yashir, Ze Eli Ve'envehu. And then it continues, Elohe Abi Ve'eromemenhu. English translation, Ze Eli Ve'envehu. This is my God and I will exalt Him. The end of the Pasuk says, he is the God of my father, and I will raise him above. The rabbis say, really the Baal Shem Tov says, what does this Pasuk really mean? If you 
If you view God as Ze'eli, that he's my God, because I grew up from a young age loving God, making him my God, knowing who he is, learning about him, Ze'eli, I cling to him, unveil. Then you exalt him, that's what God wants. That's the abodah, that's the servitude Hashem wants. However, if you grew up, Elohe Avi, I only follow the commandments and learn Torah and go to shul, is because my father, this is what my father used to do, meaning I'm a traditional Jew. Doesn't mean that you lift God above, God will be lifted from you. God doesn't want to have any part of you, any portion from you. If you only worship Hashem because this is what they used to do, right? Like, it's too much. You have too many mitzvot. Goyim only have seven, by the way. We have 613. It's too many mitzvot. Just do what your father used to do. What your father used to do? He used to go to shul, sit down, open the book. Just do exactly what he does. Going extra to class, learning more about God. No, no. Do Elohe Abi. Do, do what your father used to do. Be a traditional Jew. No, no. Moshe Rabbeinu's view is Ze'eli. He's my God. Whatever I can do to know him, me, myself, I will know him. That's what David Melech tells Shlomo Melech before David Melech passes away. He says, Da' et Elohe Abicha ve'obdehu. Da' et Elohe Abicha. Means David is telling Shlomo, Shlomo, my son, you know, we have a God. And he is my God. But it's not enough to know that he is my God. Da' et Elohe Abicha ve'obdehu. Know for yourself who God is. Go ask questions on Judaism. Go learn about your religion. Go. Don't just do it out of root. Don't just do it because this is what I was growing up to do. And when you know who God is, that's what the Pasuk is saying. When you know who God is, then you're going to start loving the Judaism. You're going to love religion. You know why? Because if you force a person to love Judaism, if you force a person to do the mitzvot, He'll, he'll end up hating it. That's the, people try to stuff religion down other people's throats. That's the worst thing you could do for a person. You're making him fear God. And he's only, he's only doing it out of fear. That's not the correct way. You do it out of love. That's why I said in the beginning that six-year-old six child, okay, maybe they're doing it out of fear, but when you start talking to them, seeing exactly why they're doing it, it's because you could see that... Ugh, it's so, it's so beautiful. They love God so much. You know what? Because that's what they teach them in Yeshiva. They teach them in Yeshiva, Da'at Elohe Abicha. Ze'eli ve'ambe'u. When they start loving Hashem at a young age and they grow up, still with that love. And obviously, yeah, you know, it has to continue in the house. It can't be that they're teaching them in Yeshiva, go the certain way, keep Shabbat, keep kosher, and God forbid they go home and the TV's on on Shabbat and they're eating not kosher food. The, the child ends up getting lost. Right, and then we have problems down the line. But Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, no, Judaism is so beautiful. And such a simha. And we really learned this from little children. They say a story about the son of the stipler, which is Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky Shlita. They say about Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky when he was only two years old, before going to sleep, his father, the stipler, used to sing for him a song. Used to sing to him a song. You know what the song was? He made a song out of all the masikhtot of Shas. 
Berachot, Erubin, Shabbat, I don't know them by heart. Berachot, Erubin, Shabbat, Demai, Pe'ai, until you finally got to Okasin. And every night, after obviously saying Kiri'at Shema, Alamita, maybe Hamalacha Goeloti, maybe, but he used to sing to him, to his father, this song. And after singing to his father this song, he used to tell his father, okay, now I want a lollipop. Because, because of this, two years old. It's no wonder he grew up to be Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky. So you don't have to learn emunah from an astronaut. <laughs> you don't have to wait for Buzz Aldrin to get to the moon to say, ah, oh, now I see God. By the way, it was the first Christian I read, not the first Christian, the only Christian that was a devout Christian, better yet, that was on the moon. The rest maybe they didn't, they didn't believe so much, right? But he was, he was a firm believer. So we don't need an astronaut to teach us about emunah and Hashem. We see Emunah and Hashem every single day. We can learn it from the young children. They say the same thing in Masechet Avot, Perek Bet, Mishnah Het. Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananiah. Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananiah was rabbi. Rabbi Yoshua ben Zakai was classifying him, was, was explaining, describing who he was. He said, Yolato, How fortunate his mother was or is. Why? His mother used to take him from the first day he was born, put him in the stroller, in the bassinet, take him to shul in the ladies' section for him to listen to the rabbis learning Torah. It's no wonder he grew up to be Hakime de Yehuda'e, the Gemara calls him. The smartest one of the Jews. They used to take him to have debates against the Romans and Hachme Atuna in Greece. Because he grew up at a young age. See, when you teach children that you have to lo- love Hashem at a young age, then they grow up and it's no wonder they grow up to be who they, who they are. Hazon Ish, Allah Shalom, said about himself that from the first day that he was born, his mother made sure to do for him Netilat Yadayim. From the first day. Where did the Hazon Ish get it from? It's a Benish Hai. Parashat Toledot Ot Yod. The Benish Hai says, Yizaher kol adam letzavot et ishto shetaase kol yom netilat yadayim layladim afilu shehem yonke shadayim. The Benish Hai says this. You believe this? The mother should make sure that she should do netilat yadayim to her, to her children even when they're breastfed. Even at a young age, they're still breastfeeding. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They have sitra ahra. They have an evil spirit. We don't even know what that means. They have an evil spirit on their fingers. And if they touch food, they make the food evil. So what do you do? A baby. A one month old baby. on him. He says, This is a segula. A segula for children to grow up to love God, to love Judaism. So this is the first lesson we really learn. From this week's parasha by Moshe Rabbeinu says, we need to take the children with us. That's how we learn to love God. 
from seeing how children love God, from seeing how children, they don't take it as a burden on them. You ever see a three-year-old child have seat on him and say, it's too hot, mommy. I can't wear this seat anymore. He loves seat so much. He sees other people. You see, ever see a bar mitzvah boy? Even before his bar mitzvah, when he's 11 years old, he sees his older brother wearing tefillin. Oh, he envies the day that he can wear tefillin. I'm not saying what happens after 13 and one day, Right? But before his bar mitzvah, oh, he envies to wear it. He has so much love for it. That's the love we have to put in ourselves as now, as at the age that we're in right now. Do we have love for Hashem and the mitzvot and the Torah and ma'asim tovim and everything that God requires from us just like young children do? You ask a person, why aren't you wearing sissit? Why? You're 50 years old, 60. Why are you not wearing sissit? Where every second you're wearing sissit, it's equivalent to 613 mitzvot every single second. Why are you not wearing sissit? It bothers me. It's too hot. It's too clumpy over here. You don't hear a baby saying, you don't hear a child saying this. You're going to tell me because they trained him in school to wear it at elementary school. Good. Good. So they trained him to love it. To put it on, to say berachat, to kiss the sissit. You see young children when they're in shul, they're saying, what do you Oh, they kiss it with such fervor. They kiss it with such love. That's the love that we have to have. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, para'o, no, 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 no. We're not only taking the men. First of all, we're taking the children. That's the way to learn to love God. We're taking the ladies. You know how much love of Torah and mitzvot the ladies can teach us? You know, there was a story about a rabbi. He walked into the... To, to, uh, he walked into his house on Pesach, before Pesach. He saw his wife cleaning so much. He says, no, 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 too much. You're cleaning for Pesach too much. He says, if I were to clean like you want me to clean, we would be eating hametz on Pesach. Because a man walks around and says, hey, you don't have to clean. This cabinet, now, we never opened this cabinet. No, no, you don't have to clean it. The lady knows her way around the kitchen. It's not your territory at all. She doesn't come into your office and tell you how to do your accounting. Maybe she does and you have that kind of wife, but I don't know. But, she doesn't tell you how to do your job. You don't tell her how to do her job. And in fact, you can learn so much from the ladies. Yeah, I'm giving accolades to the ladies, maybe. You like so much. You can learn from the ladies, from the children. Not only that, what does Moshe Rabbeinu say? You know, we'll also take the cattle and the livestock. Which means Moshe Rabbeinu, which bring us, brings us to the second lesson of the parasha. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying we can learn to love Hashem and to serve Hashem from animals. What does that mean? The Malbim has a sefer called Eretz Hemda. And he brings down in that sefer the Gemara and Masechet Irubin, the Avkof Amudbet. A hundred page, a hundred, yani side two. She'il male lo nitenah Torah. If Hashem would have not given us the Torah, we would, have learned, we would have learned to be modest from a cat because a cat, when it does his bodily functions, it covers it. We would have learned not to steal from an ant. We already explained one time in class about an ant, how it doesn't steal when it sees another piece of food. And to be faithful and loyal to your mate, to your spouse, from a yona, from a dove. Because once they get married once, get married forever. They don't get married, but you know what I'm talking about. So that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is talking about all. We could learn to love Hashem, to serve Hashem, and to act in a decent way, even if God didn't even want to give us a Torah. What does it say by the Haggadah? Torah <laughs> 
If only he would have brought us to the to, to the mount to the to the to the to the mountain, right? Had Sinai, and not have given us the Torah, it's enough. What do you mean? The whole point of leaving Egypt was to give us the Torah. You're right, but could, you could have learned to love God and to serve God and to follow His commandments with other things. Why He gave us the Torah? Finally, we'll explain it later. But how could you learn to love God and to serve God and to appreciate what you have from animals? We say it every day, really. Be brazen like a leopard. And swift like an eagle. Go run like a, like a deer. Be strong like a lion. To do what? The lion is the king of the jungle. Can anybody tell him what to do? No. That's why the Ramah says, when you wake up in the morning, wake up like a lion. The lion wakes up, ah, everybody's scared of him. The lion wakes up, he roars, and everybody gets scared of him. Be, be strong like a lion. When you wake up in the morning, don't hit the snooze button ten times. When you wake up in the morning, don't say another five minutes. When you wake up in the morning, don't wake up uh, with one eye closed, one eye open, and you know you go do it. Go wake up like a ari. Go wake up like a lion. That's a vague. Be brazen like a leopard. A leopard, if he wants to do something, he's not afraid of anybody. He's not embarrassed of anybody. Why are you embarrassed when people hear that you go to learn Torah? Because you didn't go and hang out with them? Because you didn't go where they wanted to go? So, fine. They want to talk about me? Fine. They talk about me today and tomorrow. They'll forget about me Tuesday, two days later. Okay. Be brazen so you can learn characteristics. You can learn how to worship God from animals. Not only that, listen to Sefer Hasidim. Sefer Hasidim says, Yelamed Adam et Beno, a person should teach his child, Liot Ne'eman Mikelib. You can learn so much from a dog. Why? Shehun Ne'eman Ladonav. A dog is a man's best friend. It's not only he's saying, it's from the Gemara. A dog is a man's best friend and he is loyal to his master. He's very loyal. If you learn that a dog is loyal to his master, why can't you learn to be loyal to your master? So Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, when we're taking the animals with us, because yeah, from Mitzrayim, from Egypt, to Har Sinai, it's going to take us time. In the meanwhile, what's going to give us Musar to worship God, to love God? The animals that we have with us. So what does Sefer Hasidim say? What do you learn from a dog? Mimenu yilmad ha'adam Something we all have to work on. You have to be loyal to your parents. Mommy, I'm coming. Daddy, I'm coming. I'm do- I want whatever you want, I'll do. You raised me all your life. Now I want to take care of you. You, know, you don't actually tell them that because no parent wants to hear that their child is taking care of them. But give them that sense. Give them that sense of appreciation, that feeling that, ah, oh, they could count on you whenever it is. Well, you, they call you up. Can you come pick me up? No, I don't have time for you. They never gave you that excuse. Your parents never gave you that excuse. I don't have time for you. But you're giving them, you're giving them that excuse. Be loyal. Loyal to your parents. Forget about your parents. Be loyal to your children, to your wife, to the people around you. Be their best friend, the person they can rely on. From a dog you learn it. The Sefer Tzal Kenafaim, it is a perush on Perek Shira. It's a commentary on the Perek Shira. You know, Perek Shira, everybody says Perek Shira 40 times. There's a Gemara, Masechet Kiddushin, Dav Pebet, 82. It says, Abraham Abinu kept the whole Torah before it was given. 
and he says over there in the Sefer, everybody asks the same question. How could Abraham Abinu keep the whole Torah before it was given? How do you know what it says in the Torah? You know how you learned it, Faraj? Because you look at the animals. He saw how the animals act, and I learned from the animals. And it's obvious, if this is how the animals act, and it looks like they're acting in a, in, in a nice fashion, this is what God wants from us. So this is, it must be a Torah, it tells us to act this way. So that's what it means, he says. That's what it means, Abraham Abinu and the Avot HaKedoshim, and the Avot HaKedoshim kept the whole Torah before it was given. The Yalkut Shim'oni says, Adam Arishon learned from a raven. How did Adam Arishon learn from a raven? And what did he learn from a raven? It says in Yalkut Shim'oni, The dog watched the herd of Hebel. Now Hebel dies because Cain kills him. When Hebel dies because Cain kills him, now the dog of Hebel, instead of watching, watching the sheep, he's watching the corpse of Hebel. Adam Yoshbim ubochim umitabelim alav. Adam and Hava are sitting down crying over their son that passed away. They didn't know what to do. One raven that another raven died said to himself, I'll teach Adam Arishon what to do with the corpse of his son. Natal he took the other dead raven. He dug in the ground, put the dead raven in the ground, covered him up, and he buried him. Amar Adam, Adam Arishon said, We'll do like the raven. So, if you want to say, To bury the dead was learned from who? From a raven. I'm going to say something, please don't misunderstand me. We didn't need the Torah to teach us to bury the dead because we had it from the raven. So why did, we, why did Hashem finally give us a Torah? We'll explain. But what I'm trying to say is you could learn from everything in life. That's why I quoted what, the, what Buzz Aldrin said, You could learn so much from just nature. Just go around, walk in the streets, look at the trees, look at the birds, look at the, just look at life. You can learn so much to love Hashem. In the Sefer HaBerit, he says in the desert there's an animal that its skin is so beautiful and so, uh, so soft that what does it do? It, if people wanna, wanna, want to buy its skin, what does it do? Before it dies... This animal, before it dies, it leaves the desert because it knows people want its skin. It leaves the desert and it stands in the streets. It sits in the streets for people to come and take it. And then it dies and then they take it and they skin it. Otherwise, it would never have its skin. So it means the animal does hasid with people. And it says in Sefer Abberit, if an animal dies in the street purposely for the people to skin it, to use its skin, to sell its skin, to have money from its skin, how much can you learn to help others with your skin, meaning with your money? Don't be so stingy. 
Go help other people. So there's a story of the Saba of Slobodka. The Saba of Slobodka, the altar of Slobodka, one time was waiting for his train by the train station. The train finally arrived. He got on the train. He was wearing gloves. He got on the train. What happened was one of his gloves fell in between the tracks, you know, in between the train and the track. It fell down. So immediately, what did he do? He took the other glove off and he threw it down also. So now his students asked him, Rabbi, what are you doing? He says, because now if a person is only going to find one glove, what is he going to do with one glove? I can't use one glove. So at least the person that finds this other glove, let him take this other, the other glove, also have a pair of gloves. Just thinking of other people. You see, we learned it from a hayah, we learned it from an animal. It dies in the street for people to skin it, to use its skin. It's unbelievable. You learn also, you know, the asked, he brings it down in Yabiya Omer, Helek Dalid, Ora Hayim Siman Khaf, and also in Yahavedaat, Helek Giman Siman Samihvav. I quote the sources purposely. They asked him, Rabbi, is it okay for us to go to the zoo? Is there anything wrong with going to the zoo? Or is it like not of a ben Torah to waste his time by going to the zoo? Oh, you don't want to tell this to people when it's on uh, so Pesach break, telling them not to go to the zoo, they'll, they'll flip with their children. Uh, don't tell this to them. But they asked him, Rabbi, are we allowed to go to the zoo? And he says in his teshuba, in his response over there, he says that Ba'ala Hida, the Hida HaKadosh, brings down in his sefer, Shiyure Beracha, Yore De'a, in the end of Siman, Kof Mem Bet, and also in his sefer, Midbar Kedemot, Ma'arechet Bet, Ot Chav Bet, he says that he himself went to the, to the zoo. He himself went to the zoo and he saw an eagle that was a hundred years old and he said the beracha on the eagle. Baruch Meshaneh Beriot. And he also saw other animals that they brought, they transported it from America. And he says, he says, therefore a person is allowed to go to the zoo and by going to the zoo he fulfills the pasuk how great are your wonders, Hashem. You can learn from... It's so, so amazing. You can learn from animals to love God. You see how God, Hashem, Hashem creates so many animals. Not one animal looks like the other. You ever think about it? Why do we have so many apples, so many different colors of apples? Why? So make Granny Smith apple and that's it. You have Macintosh, Gala, Granny Smith. Now they have a new one. I... They said it tastes like something else. I don't know what it is. Cotton, cotton, can, you ever hear this? Cotton candy grapes. It tastes like cotton candy. I never bought it because they say it's expensive, so I'd rather use my money on something else. But they say it's cotton candy grapes. It tastes like cotton candy. Why, Hashem, really? Just make one grape, green grapes, and that's it. White grapes, and that's it, Hashem. Why so many? He made so many for you to understand His wonders, to be amazed by Hashem. You don't have to physically learn the Torah and do the mizvot to see how great Hashem is. Hashem finally gave us the Torah and mizvot and ma'asim tovim with the fear that people won't come to know Him by nature. So He gave us the Torah, Kedoshah, and the mizvot to fulfill. And that's how you know God. And just the opposite. You should know God first and foremost from the Torah, from learning the Torah and keeping a mizvot. And then therefore, if you have time, you visit the zoo. I mean, don't make that your prerogative. That's not what you should run to. Right? If you have a chance not to go to a class or to go see the new exhibit, dolphin exhibit in the, in the Central Park Zoo, you obviously choose the class. Right? We're not saying go to see the new exhibit right now. 
but I, I'm sh- I hope everybody understands what I'm trying to say. It says in the Sefer, Leket Yosher Ora Hayim Amud Samech Vav. Who writes the Sefer? Rabbi Moshe ben Yosef. He writes on his rabbi, Rabbi Israel Isarlan, the rabbi who wrote Terumat Adeshen. He says he never saw a lion in his life. But when a lion came into town, one Shabbat they took him to see the lion exhibit at the zoo, and he went to see it on Shabbat. Why? Because it says in the Pasuk, it says in the, in the statement, Re Gibor Ka'ari. Be strong like a lion. But I never saw a lion in my life. How can I learn to be strong like a lion if I never saw a lion in my life? Therefore, let me go see a lion. I mean, don't waste your time on the Discovery Channel. Don't waste your time going to the zoo. But if you can, if you have free time, go, go, go. Nothing wrong with it. No, don't, don't watch the Discovery Channel because that's on TV. No, we don't advocate TV, right? But go, go see the zoo. Go see the animals. Go see Hashem's wonders. So be amazed at Hashem. There was a ma'aseh. It's a beautiful ma'aseh where the Talmud Hacham, he was uh, in Israel, in Eris Israel. His job was to go around to Eris Israel to be mehazek people, to be mekare people, to teach people Torah, to teach people fear of heaven. And he was driving once, and as he parked his car, he didn't realize, but he hit a dog. He ran over a dog. Hashem Israel, what do I do right now? What do I do? And now, obviously, when he hit the dog, you hear the brakes screeching. And the owners came out to see, oh, what happened? Where's the dog? The owners come to the car, and he's, he's begging them for forgiveness. I didn't see him. Please forgive me. I didn't see him. I just parked the car, and he probably came under me. Please forgive me. Whatever you want. How much does he cost? How much does the treatments cost? Maybe he's still alive. What could I do? What could I? You know, he showed them sympathy. They were so taken aback and so amazed at, at how a Yehudi a dati, a religious person, is willing to help a dog. They said, what's your name? And he told them his name. And they said, what do you do for a living? What do you do? And Ami said, and he told them, I'm Hazek Anashim, I teach him Torah. They said, you know what? You sold us. We're going to start coming to your classes. Fine. They started coming to his classes. Mehazek, slowly, 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 slowly. They came to him one day and they said, Rabbi, we have a proposition for you. We want to open up a yeshiva. All expenses paid. You'll be the rabbi of the yeshiva on us. But with one condition. Whatever you want. We call the yeshiva Zichron Igor. Zichron Igor. You know in Israel you have Zichron Moshe? We call it Zichron Igor. So he says, no problem, but who's Igor? They said, who's Igor? He's the one who started this whole operation, the dog. He doesn't know what to do. You call the yeshiva after a dog's name, you know. What do you do? It reminds me of that uh, story where they came, uh, I believe it was of Haim Kanievsky, they came over to him. One person came over to him, he says, Rabbi, give a berachah for my dog, for Ashelema. Now, he doesn't want to obviously embarrass the person because you never do that in front of people, let alone, you know, one-on-one. You never embarrass a person. So instead of saying, Get out of here. You're wasting my time giving a better of Ashima to your dog. He said, go find out your dog's mother's name. So I know what to say. Caleb bin Kalba, the name of the mother. So I could give a better You know, you don't embarrass a Jew. So they say, we want to call him. We want to call the yeshiva. I'm sorry, pardon me. Zichron Igor. So he doesn't know what to do. Do I take it? Am I allowed to call yeshiva by the name of a dog? So he goes and he asks his rabbi, 
Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein, Shlita, in Eretz Yisrael, amazing Gaon Olam. He says, am I allowed to listen to them and call the yeshiva Zichron Igor on the name of their beloved dog that passed away, that died? And he said, I'll bring you proof from many places of the Gemara, and after these proofs, you tell me whether it's allowed or not. He tells him, there's a Gemara in Masechet Yerushalmi, in, Masechet, in, in Gemara Yerushalmi, Masechet Terumot, Daf Mem Daled Amud Bet. And it says over there, Ma'aseh Be'adam She'ezmin Rab Hashub. A person invited a very big rabbi, a prestigious rabbi to his house. Ve'oshib Oto Berosh Shulchan. He put him at the head of the table, Liat Kelib. Who was at the head of the table also? A dog. Amar lo harabahu. The rabbi tells him, Ha'im ha'betani lekan kedei labazoteni be'aneha beriot. You came to make a mockery out of me? You put me next to a dog? You have no shame for yourself? Madu'a hoshabta oti le'ad kelib. Why do you put me next to a dog? Heshib lo ba'ala ba'it, the owner of the house that invited the rabbi told him, Kelib ze'asa' mi chesed asum. This dog... He, 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 he performed for me a great favor. He did for me a great deed. There was a person that came into the town. He came. He wanted to steal, kidnap my wife. The dog came, pounced on the guy, brought him down, and I was able to retrieve my wife. And therefore nothing happened to my wife. And therefore I give him a, a lot of honor. I put him at the head of the table. Man, a dog is a man's best friend. He tells him another one. He tells him, Gemara Yerushalmi, the same Gemara, but Amud Aleph. That was Amud Bet, right? That was Amud. Pardon me for looking. That was Amud Bet. This is Amud Aleph. He says, There was a story with the shepherds. They milked a, a, a cow. And when they went, they stepped aside for a second. A snake came, put in it the coronavirus. The shepherds obviously don't know that there's a virus now. There's a disease. There's poison, venomous venom in the milk. When they came back, they wanted to drink from the milk. The dog started barking, barking very loudly to warn them not to drink from the milk. To hint to them not to drink from the milk. They obviously didn't understand the sins. They came to drink despite his barks. What did the dog do? He jumped and he drank from the milk. After a few seconds, he died. Now they realized. Listen to this. To give up his life. I don't know why I just got emotional. But the dog is willing to give up his life to save his masters. The Maharsha says, That's why it's called Kelib. 
נקרא על כך שכולו לב, כל לב, כולו לב, he's all heart, he will give up his life for his master. So just a side note, why do I bring you these stories? Because you learn from, from a dog to give up your life to your master. You must say to yourself to your master, Hashem, if he's willing to give up his life for his master, a basar v'adam, a human being, give up your life for Hashem. So he tells him the rabbi, after giving him these proofs, he says, V'lachin, נראה שאם רצון המשפחה הוא להתקרב ליהדות, if their intention is to come closer to Judaism, אין זה כל כך נורא, there's no worry אם יקראו למדרשה על שם הכלב. Don't worry, they could call it זכרון איגור. על שם הכלב הנפטר. על מנת להמשיך ולהשיב את לב בני המקום לצור מחסבתם, לבלתי ידח ממנו נידח ולהגדיל תורה ולהאדירה. Hear this? Yeah, how much you can learn from a dog? How much you can learn from a dog? And we'll end off with this. Ah, there, there was so much more, but there's no time. So now, Hashem gave us a Torah, Kedusha. Right? In two weeks from now, we'll learn Parashat Yitro, Be'adad Hashem, Mitzah Hashem, we should be alive and well. Amen. And we'll learn that Hashem gave us the Torah. And we explained that Hashem gave us a Torah because yes, you, you can learn um, you can learn modesty and you can learn faithfulness and you can, you can learn loyalty and, and, and sacrificing from animals. But the Torah Kedusha is above all. The Torah Kedusha teaches you, refines you. The, the word Torah means Hora'ah. The word Torah means it's instruction manual. It teaches you how to live your life. Even more than can you, learn, you can learn from the outside world. If you don't have the Torah Kedusha, you, you could have loyalty and faithfulness and modesty and still be an Akhzar and still be a killer. And we've seen it in the Holocaust. They loved animals. They were very faithful. Everything was beautiful. But they didn't have the Torah Kedusha to refine them as human beings. We learned this from Moshe Rabbeinu in Parashat Shemot. Moshe Rabbeinu is arguing back and forth with Hashem, telling Hashem, I don't want to go to Misraim. I don't want to go. I don't want to take them out. God, don't send me seven days. You know what's puzzling about it? The same Moshe that's arguing with Hashem not to go to Misraim is the same Moshe that it says he left the palace to see the suffering of his, of his brothers. So Moshe, don't you want to take them out of Misraim if they're suffering so much? Why are you arguing back and forth with Hashem? You know what the Gemara says? And the rabbis tell us, because Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm going to go to Misraim, and my older brother is there. He's 83. I'm 80 years old. He's the one that's been leading them up till now. It would be very embarrassing if his younger brother takes the responsibility and the job and they give the job to his younger brother and not him, and not the older brother. It's so embarrassing. So Moshe Rabbeinu was looking to the future to not hurt any Yehudi. And when Hashem said, that's what you have inside of you, you have that sympathy, you have that compassion, you have that rahmanut, that mercy, that love towards another Jew, you're the one that's going to give the Torah, Kedoshah, because from you, they learn to appreciate the Torah because you symbolize the Torah. Forget about that Moshe Rabbeinu said we can learn to love Hashem from even animals. Who, who even thought about this? Who other than Moshe Rabbeinu thought that you could learn to appreciate Hashem and be 
amazed at God and, 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 and look, at his, look at his wondrous world from animals other than Moshe Rabbeinu. You know why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu looked at the heart of every single Yehudi. He loved every single Yehudi. He wanted to bring every, he wanted to make sure not to slight any Jew, not to embarrass any Jew. He would rather give up his life, and we've seen it. He said, Hashem, take me and don't take them. And so it's not, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a conflicting view. You know, he saw the suffering, he saw the suffering of his brother. He didn't want his brother to suffer. What is this mashal for? There's a mashal where there was two brothers. One brother, Baruch Hashem, was very well-to-do, and his other brother was falling on hard times. So the younger brother that you know, has issues, he goes to the older brother. Now he's rich. He lives in a beautiful house. He goes to him. He says, he knocks on the door. He says, yes, can we help you? Let me in. I'm his brother. I'm Reuben. I'm the young, I'm, I'm Shimon, excuse me. I'm Shimon, I'm the younger brother, Reuben, my older brother. I want to see my brother Reuben. He goes in, he walks into his, into his living room, his fancy, uh, his fancy uh, furniture and everything. And he says, I came to see you, my brother Reuben. He says, excuse me, who are you again? He says, what? I'm your brother Shimon. I'm your younger brother. I came, maybe you could help me out. I don't have parnasa. I don't have money. Maybe you could help me out. I'm sorry. Do we ever cross paths? I mean, do we know each other? He couldn't believe, he couldn't believe it. He left. A few days later, this older brother, Reuben, goes to visit his father. He goes to visit his father, and he says, Dad, I came to see you, how's it going? He says, who are you again? I'm your Bechor, I'm your older son, I'm Reuben. I'm sorry, it doesn't ring a bell. So now Reuben says, probably dementia, or probably first stages of memory loss. He says, Dad, it's Reuben, I'm your son. He goes, I know I have a son, Shimon, he's younger, and he has a brother. So if you know who Shimon is, then I know who you are. So he really gave it to him. If you know who Shimon is, then I know who you are. Hashem says, it's very nice to learn characteristics, character traits. It's very nice to learn modesty and being loyal and faithful from the animals. Yes. If you don't have a Torah, Kedoshah, to refine you as a Jew, you could have so much money in the world, but not look at the suffering of your friend. Not look at the suffering at, as your, at your own brother. You know what the Rambam says in Etinat Tzedakah? Bechot, halachot, matanot, aniyim, perek yod, halachabit. All the Jews are brothers. You're all brothers. You're all sons of Hashem. If the brother won't sympathize with his own brother, who's going to sympathize with him? And says, Okay, Shimoni. Parashat Matot Remes Tavshin Pehe. When you do sadaqah with another Jew, it's as if you're doing sadaqah with God. How that works is beyond me. But the Torah Kedoshah was given to us to refine us. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, but before we get the Torah Kedoshah to refine us as Jews, we have to have some Musar in our life. We have to know how to be compassionate 
to other people. We have to learn how to be loyal to other people, how to be faithful to other people, how to be modest. And with this, we can learn it from animals. This is what we learn from animals. So, Rabotai, we learn this. We, we can learn how to love Hashem, how to worship Hashem, how to act in His ways from everything around us. Obviously, first and foremost, the Torah. Second of all, the children, the young children, how they love Hashem so much, how they envy others wearing sisi, doing mizvot, learning Torah, saying berachot. You hear little children saying berachot, and they say amen to their own berachot. It's so cute. You're not supposed to say amen to your own beracha, but go tell that to a child, right? It's so cute when you hear him say amen. That you, that you learn from your little children. You can learn so much from ladies the way they love Hashem. A lady, she only has to pray one tefillah a day. But you go tell a lady she only has to pray one tefillah a day, she'll think you're a kofir. She'll think you're a heretic. Me? Pray one tefillah a day? No, I'll pray three tefillot. And tehillim. And I'll cover my hair. And I'll light Shabbat ten minutes early. Oh, how much, how much kedusha and simha and love of mitzvot you can learn from ladies, and then finally, how much you can learn from animals to be loyal, faithful, modest, to be to be gibor ka'ari, to run, to do mitzvot, to be strong like a lion when it comes to serving God, not to be embarrassed serving God, going to class like a leopard, to be brazen like a leopard. Being faithful to your master, which is Hashem. Giving up your life for your master, which is Hashem. We learn from the Caleb Kuloleb. And with that, Ba'azat Hashem, Hashem, just like they came out of Misraim in this week's parasha portion, Hashem should take us out of our own Misraim in the coming of Mashiach Setkenu. The rebuilding of the Beit Mikdash. I'd like to thank everyone that comes every Wednesday night, the corner of Avenue S and East 9th. Harale Banon. Torah, anytime viewers and listeners, and Jerut viewers and listeners. Baruch Adonai Olam. Amen Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.